Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. Saturday, February the 16th on a very snowy and cold day here in St. Louis. Um, I want to thank you for joining me. My name is Leon Davis and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. Um, one of the things that I like to do is when I pick a topic is I try to pick something that I know something about and then learn more about it and share that with you. And then um, I do pick some topics that maybe I just want to learn about and I think are interesting or important in our society. And so I do, do try to do research uh, so that I can talk intelligently about that uh, on the show. Um, and so some recent actions in our politics caused me to, to take a, a closer look at our politics. And when I started digging through and trying to, so, so my belief was is that a lot of times people, um, ascribe to a, a particular political theory based on a couple of things that they like about that theory. And then they um, accept the whole um, political philosophy and believing that they're not fully aware of what's all of, uh, the history or what's all involved in that political philosophy, um, that they still, you know, ascribe to that. Well, after doing research and um, every every time I pulled one thread, um, it, it opened up something different. I had to do research on that. And it was a huge spider web of information. So I did the best that I could to try to, uh, in the time preparing for the show, to get the best understanding of the material I wanted to, to um, present. But, you know, by no means do I feel I, I completely exhausted um, all of the research needed to make the topic the best I can make it. So what I'm going to present to you is going to be the best um, that I can in this period of time. And hopefully, um, you know, you can add to what you think that I might have missed or explain to me how you think I, I could have done something differently. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Really? Okay, so, um, so I, I I am definitely of the mindset that a lot of people don't really understand the political philosophies that they ascribe to. Um, they have um, a cursory, maybe a cursory knowledge of it, and um, so they then um, stick with that or, or go with that uh, as their philosophy. And um, one of the things that I, I do know about um, political philosophies is that they're actually fluid. They, uh, let's see. They says I'm offline here. Okay. I'm looking at uh, this and it says that I'm not streaming, yet I see streaming. Okay, there we go. There for a moment that uh, didn't look right. Now I'm better. So anyway, um, um, where was I? Okay. 
So I just want to touch uh, on some of the major um, political philosophies. And uh, one of the things that I, I try to, or I realized was um, they're a lot closer than you might think. With all of the division that we've, we're experiencing in our society and how people approach talking to each other and right and left and conservative and liberal and socialist, um, they're all surprisingly alike. And it's, it comes down to what particular things that that philosophy supports that really becomes the difference. And I don't know if it's uh, enough difference that we should be arguing with each other. So first, I'm going to talk a little bit about liberalism. Um, liberalism is about the unalienable rights of the individual. The fundamental liberty, liberal ideals of freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion for all belief systems, that includes Jewish and Muslim and um, whatever other be uh, um, religious belief system that you have, and the separation of church and state. The right to due process and equality under the law. Ideologically, all U.S. parties are liberal and always have been. Essentially, they embrace classical liberalism. And that was something I found uh, interesting. There were, um, so you've got liberalism and it breaks down into um, classical and modern and so you so you have different factions under even those headings. So, as I said, um, they uh, all the parties embrace classical liberalism, liberalism which uh, is a form of democratized wing constitutionalism plus the free market. And as I said, every time I pulled on a thread, it led me down another path. So in order to understand um, wing liberalism, you got to, you know, go back and do the studying and how that morphed into um, the political parties that we have. And uh, so so I don't know how to do justice to all of it, because there are a lot of key personnel and key people who helped shape the ideologies for all of the, 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 the different political parties and without reading their works and understanding their motivations behind how they were trying to, to uh, shape their political ideology. Uh, one of the things that I do know is that um, politics and political ideologies is all about solving a problem. And that problem is, is how do we live together? How do we function as a society and um, interact with each other on a social and political basis. Um, so I mentioned classical liberalism. Classical liberalis, liberalism advocates for civil, civil liberties under the rule of law with an emphasis on economic freedom. I'll talk a little bit about economic freedom or give you a, a definition of economic freedom uh, in just a moment. But as you can see, there's that civil liberties. There's um, the individual as a part of the group. Modern liberalism, which is what is generally practiced here in the United States, because um, you do know that um, 
political ideologies didn't start in the United States and the, the ideologies that we have here that we practice on an uh, ongoing basis didn't start here. Um, we may have made some modifications to some of the ideologies uh, from Europe and from, from other parts of the, the world. Uh, modern liberalism opposes cuts to the social safety net, and that, that's being particularly um, significant here in the United States, and supports a role for government in reducing inequality, providing education, ensuring access to health care, regulating economic activity, and protecting the natural environment. And um, so the debate that we're having currently about healthcare and the role of government in healthcare is actually a healthy uh, debate and something that we do need to, a uh, conversation that we do need to have and that we need to, to understand what, define what is the role of government because we we're, there's a lot of conversations where, uh, you know, people try to make it seem that, that they have the answer for government. But we all know that um, one size doesn't fit all, that everyone has to, um, so the, the goal of American democracy was to include as many people as possible in the solution for how to govern. So you have to remember we started, or I can say that we started, the early establishment of government in the United States on a national level, uh, the Native Americans uh, were here and actually settled this land. And you may see settling different, but they lived here amongst the land. They had their governing, their, their governing bodies and their rules of, of how they legislated um, the land. So the early forms of um, European legislation was to solve the problems of um, monarchies, uh, arist aristocracies, um, you know, church, church-led state governments, um, and so our founders, or the founders of our current de democratic system were attempting to avoid the problems of previous uh, political ideologies and give everyone a voice, thus the one man, one vote and uh, a political system. So we have a um, democratic republic and it's safe to call it a democracy. Um, but each, but a democratic republic has distinctions in its functioning that is different from other democracies. So the democracy is a big heading um, and democratic republic is one of the subheadings under democracy. So we're not a pure democracy. We are a democratic republic. Um, so I did mention that I was going to talk about economic freedom. Uh, economic freedom is the ability of people of a society to take economic activities, including but not limited to 
being able to participate in free markets, free trade, and the establishment of private property under free enterprise. And the establishment of private property kind of struck me as um, having grown up in, in this society, um, I just assumed private property was a given. It's just, there was no questions about it. But in reality, depending on the political system that you're in, private property, may not be allowed. It may not be um, the accepted in that community. So, so you can't, I don't think we can take for granted some of the freedoms and um, things that we uh, enjoy under this current economic system. And it's important for us to fight or Make sure that we're having the, the best discussion. I don't want to use the term fight, but use, use have the, uh, a good discussion about what kind of economic system we are presenting for ourselves and to, to ensure that as many people as possible are being represented uh, in the in the um, state church run societies you know um churches were a they disallowed they disenfranchised and as they do in this country attempt to disenfranchise a portion of our population and that was part of the reason um for this the separation of church and state and understanding that is important and i'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment now libertarianism is from the Latin word libertas, meaning freedom. Now, libertarianism in the United States uh, advocates for a much smaller government limited to protecting individuals from coercion and violence. Libertarians tend to embrace individual responsibility, oppose government bureaucracy and taxes, promote private charity tolerate diverse lifestyles, support a free market system, and defend civil liberties. Civil liberties, again, is a part of um, liberalism, it's a part of uh, libertarianism, and as we'll see, it's a part of conservatism. Uh, civil liberties include the freedom of conscience, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, the right to security and liberty, freedom of speech, the right to privacy, the right to equal treatment under the law and due process, the right to a fair trial and the right to life. And I, I found it interesting that those things had to be um, specifically called out. They have to be specifically noted. Um, so when in the, in the Constitution, when we talk about inalienable rights and when we talk about um, what 
the individual, what rights the individual has that was just just the mere fact that they're alive, that those rights exist, um, they do have to be defined. In certain governments, those rights are not accepted. The right to free speech. We think um, a person should be able to say what they'd like to say, but it can in, in particular societies and even in our society, certain speech is protected, certain speech is not protected. So free speech, we have to define what is free speech. So as you as you as I tugged on those threads, um, as you can see, it becomes more complicated and more complicated and more complicated and, and things require more explanation and more definition. And um, one of the things that I've said previously and, I, and I'll say today, uh, communication is extremely difficult. Uh, understanding what I mean by conservatism may not mean the same thing to someone else. Um, European conservatism is different than American conservatism. Um, and uh, liberalism in in European and certain parts of Europe are different than um, liberalism here in the United States. So getting to a point of, of having a conversation about um, the how our government operates, how our society operates, what is uh, acceptable and what is ex unacceptable is a conversation that really needs it. So I think at this point, um, a lot of it has been organic. Uh, there's been um, an exception, accepting of certain things as fact when they probably need to be better defined so that um, when we say them, there is an agreement or an understanding of what the other person means. It doesn't mean um, we have to necessarily agree with each other, but we at least have to be able to understand what the other person is saying um, and then we can respond in our own way as long as they understand our response. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about conservatism right now. American conservatism is characterized by respect for American traditions. And I found that really interesting. Um, what is a tradition? Um, as things change, it was a it was probably a tradition that uh, you know, your horse. Um, so the concept of private property uh, plays into American traditions. And as we, as our society changes, um, traditions change. And as traditions change, what do you support? Um, so as I said, conservatism is characterized by respect for American traditions. Support for Judeo-Christian values, economic liberalism, anti-communism, and a defense of Western culture. Liberty within the conformity to conservatism. Again, one of those those threads that I, I wanted to go down. What is what is conformity to conservatism? What version of conservatism? Um, it also um, conservatism includes a strong support for a free market economy. So as you can see, uh, liberalism, um, conservatism, 
and libertarianism all support the free market here in the United States. There are a lot of crossover, a lot of things that, that each party uh, supports that is the same. And there are some small differences that obviously are the big difference is where we run into some of the uh, heated debate in the conversation. Um, conservatism is about small government. By limiting the size and scope of government influence, plus an opposition to high taxes and government or labor encroachment on the entrepreneur. Liberalism, liberal uh, conservatives um, want to eliminate, limit, limit government being able to regulate or have an impact on the entrepreneur. Also, they want to limit the ability of the worker to impact because a labor union is a representative of labor so they don't want labor to be able to um, have an impact or have a say in how business or the free the free market system operates and i did find that um uh, a bit something i wanted to definitely explore a lot more of um So I'm um, so I'm doing research, and um, a lot of the a lot of it I got from Wikipedia, and then um, I, I would uh, find phrases uh, that I wanted to explore more, and and I would look around for other sources because I didn't want to just depend on one source. I wanted to have multiple sources, uh, as and I, that's where I found a lot of things that were. Um, a difference in how they were explained or how they were worded and uh, reconciling all of that was pretty interesting and trying to boil that down. There's a difficulty in trying to boil all of that down because um, I want to try to maintain the essence of what they're saying and be true to the ideologies that they're putting forward. Um, but it's, it's difficult because, or I can say it's difficult. So the challenge I had was trying to get all of that information into a, a, sum, a summary type uh, presentation. And uh, so one of the sources, <laughs> you go down. <laughs> all right. So one of the sources was uh, uh, Britannica, Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, they're online. And I found this little ditty and um, it's it a little long. Um, I'll try to skim through it real quick. Uh, they talk about uh, skeptical conservatives um, really observe that human history under almost all imaginable political and social circumstances has been filled with a great deal of evil. And so I, I read it and then I'll, I'll go back and talk about so I want to underline the word evil. Far from believing that human nature is essentially good or that human beings are fundamentally rational, conser rational, conservatives tend to assume that human beings are driven by their passions and desires and are therefore naturally prone to selfishness, anarchy, irrationality, and violence. 
And accordingly, conservatives look to traditional political and cultural institutions to curb humans' base and destructive instincts. Um, one of the authors that they pointed to was Burke, um, that that in, that government was to be a sufficient restraint upon men's passions. Um, it is to bridle and subdue people's men's behavior. Families, churches, and schools must teach the value of self-discipline, and those who fail to learn this lesson must have discipline imposed upon them by government and law. Without the restraining power of such institution, conservatives believe there can be no ethical behavior and no responsible use of liberty. Now, politics in the United States never quite conformed to the doctrinal patterns exhibited in uh, continental Europe. And you got to remember these, this form of conservatism was supported church run governments. We've never had a monarchy. We've never had an aristocracy, which I mentioned earlier, and we've never established a church, a, a church, State church. Um, so liberals and and I and I've say I've seen this. So I, it concerns me that um, there's such a closeness of church and the, the conservative party here in the United States. That um, so our founders try to ensure that we did not have a the a church run government that the, the the church couldn't take over um politic politics and governing um so we don't have this so there was an intent to ensure that we did not have a particular um theological leader that influenced the behavior of government. Um, and so in our current iteration of conservatism, um, it took, it took quite a while. My understanding through my, my research that it took a while for, uh, conservatism to actually, um, take hold in the United States. Um, but as you can see, my concern with a lot of the behavior of conservatism is that there, there is an attempt to establish a state church so that, um, that governing is ruled by um, theological ideology. Um, so that was, that was, when I say a lot of was the goal of, of Eastern Eastern conservatism was to establish, you know, the the church as the ruling body. I mean, some people are going to be fine with that, but um, our democracy wasn't founded on that. In fact, it was founded to avoid that, and so certain aspects of the current um, in the current political climate. Um, are, are against 
the founding of our our democracy. Um, the closest that we've had to so so if you look at the current um, political climate for conservatives, um, they've set up uh, at one time uh, the plantation owner was probably the closest to an aristocracy that we had and um, um, business ownership becomes, you know, we, we allow, we give so much power to business owners um, that, that we're always seem to be setting up a small group to rule the larger group. And the exercise in our democracy was to allow the self-rule of the group. That's why we have the, that's why we have elections. Um, you can participate in your governance you decide who's in office and no one has um, a permanent place in government. So um, every six years, every four years, every two years or something, there is an election and a person has to go back to the, the um, electorate and ask to be sent back to represent them so that we don't create a permanent ruling class. And um, so, so if you're not participating in, in the elections, you maybe help um, create a permanent uh, ruling class. And so I again, um, I encourage you to make sure that uh, that you vote and that um, uh, you encourage other people to vote. All righty. I'm going to wrap things up here. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to join me this afternoon. And next week, I think I'm going to cover um, the Green New Deal, but I'm going to cover it from the aspect of um, uh, renewable energy. Uh, one of the things that I was looking at in this week, and I told you I, in research, you pull one thread and uh, it opens up a Pandora's box of other things that you that I could follow, um, and I wasn't able to find a, a lot on on fracking, and and that was my initial search. So I have to go back and see if and dig a little deeper into fracking, um, but it, it it seems to be um, there's a lot of information that's that's not that I wasn't able to find that I was interested in finding, and. Um, and just maybe that uh, so most of my research was on the internet, so there may be other sources that I need to pursue. So if you've got any sources uh, regarding fracking that you could uh, share with me, I would greatly appreciate that. And this podcast is streamed live each week. It's on YouTube so that you are encouraged to participate by asking questions and including your thoughts. To participate, please contact Altitude Adjustment by connecting via Skype at thelionsden.stl at gmail.com or, or Google at thelionsden.stl at gmail.com. Please, please feel free to connect with me on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, and on YouTube. Be sure to look out uh, look for this and other podcasts, uh, other episodes of this podcast, where you listen to podcasts. 
Your likes and shares are internet gold. So please, like and share this podcast where you find it. Remember to be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>